Nevada Voice and 91.5 Jazz and More, KUNV-FM and HD1 Las Vegas. This is Impact, a daily look at how we are coping with the coronavirus in Nevada. I'm Carrie Kaufman. The coronavirus is moving so fast, it's hard to keep up on the daily news. Today we're going to talk about just some of what is happening around this virus. CCSD has banned teachers from using Zoom. Joe Biden brought up the coming elections and suggested that we possibly cancel party conventions. And Clark County decided yesterday to suspend union contracts for 9,000 employees, many of whom work at University Medical Center. I want to bring in Sandra Cosgrove Cosgrove right now and Andrea Cole. Uh, Welcome to the program. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Uh, So uh, I'm going to pot that down here. Uh, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about... um, The news that uh, is coming in, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp uh, told reporters yesterday that there's a state that that the fact that uh, COVID-19 is spread through people who are not symptomatic was totally news to him. And uh, he gave a he gave a stay at home order for Georgia and was like, wow, I had no idea that people who didn't have symptoms could actually get other people sick. So, Sandra, let me start with you. Either he's lying or he's totally got his head in the sand and has no idea what's going on. Um, I'm going to go with lying because (laughs) uh, somebody pointed out to me the CDC is literally seven blocks away from his office. Oh, interesting. That information i mean we're we're far away from the cdc and i've seen that information all over on twitter and on facebook and so i'm sure he probably could have picked up the phone and asked somebody right i'm sure he could have uh andrea we found out today that a food service worker at desert pines high school has died of the coronavirus uh this is a person who was giving out food even after schools closed uh desert pines food distribution has temporarily been suspended uh the note that came out from ccsd assures people that Kitchens are being cleaned every day, that food is prepackaged and sealed, and people wear gloves. Still, this seems kind of chilling to me. What do you think? Uh, it is. It's, uh, it's concerning. It's scary, and it's very sad. Um, parents are worried now, of course, about picking up the food from food service, and right. many of these families really need the food, and now they're worried about getting it, so... The district has assured everybody that they're wearing masks, gloves, they're taking all of the precautions, and so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, you guys uh, at CCSD uh, Parents had a uh, live stream today with a school board member. Tell me how that went. It was great. Um, it was Linda Cavazos. Um, she's our District G trustee. And her day job, she's a marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. So she did a Facebook Live this evening just answering parents' questions about mental health and coping mechanisms. Um, she took questions live from parents. And she made some really great points and things that I think can help all of us. Such as? Such as... Um, <laughs> That it's totally normal to be feeling a little bit of generalized anxiety right now and like a low level of depression. 
And I think that we're all kind of going through the ups and downs of a lot of those feelings. Parents had questions wanting to know how to manage their own fears, as well as questions about how to handle fears that their children may be expressing or not expressing. Mm. So some of the advice that she gave to parents was that there's three things that kids really need to feel right now and always, but especially right now. They need to feel safe, loved, and protected. Mm. So the suggestions that she made was for parents to first you know, put your own oxygen mask on and get, take care of your own mental health. <laughs> right, right. right. And, um, and then just to the kids, like, you know, suggestions on how to talk to the children about it for different ages, that's going to look different. Questions about structure and routine that she was answering and how every family is going to do that a little differently. And every kid is going to handle this a little differently. Um, but just to emphasize to all the kids that this is temporary, focus on the positivity, focus on the future, and just help our kids feel safe and reassured by keeping ourselves calm and focusing more on the future than on their fears. You know, I think that, that all of us need that, not just kids. We all need to feel safe <laughs> yeah. and feel loved. And yes, uh, I'm going to go to yeah. the numbers right now. As you, as many of you who listen to this show regularly know, uh, we do numbers every day of the count of uh, people who have coronavirus and people who have died of coronavirus. Uh, the national case, cases are over 200 and 36,000 today. Yesterday it was 185,000. 60,000 more cases in one day. Uh, so that is going up nationally. And if you look at the coronavirus map, I, I use the Washington Post. You could use uh, you could use the maps that are coming out of um, Johns Hopkins, out of the CDC. There are many out there. But if you look at the maps and you adjust it by um, popu- uh, percent of population, you see that the states that are sheltering in place, like Nevada and Illinois and California, have far fewer deaths uh, by population than, say, Louisiana or uh, Georgia or New York right now. New York is definitely sheltering in place. It's just that New York is one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, The death toll right now is about 6,700, almost 2,000 more than yesterday. Nevada has uh, almost 1,500 cases and 38 deaths. That's seven more than yesterday. And for context, New York has 92,000 new cases just today. Sandra, I, I, I seem so removed. Like, I, I read these numbers every day, like I'm reading a stock ticker, you know, seven more people died in Nevada. But when I stop and think about it, and I was doing that as I was typing this today, seven people have died in one day. 38 people from our state are gone, and they were just here a month ago, and they were feeling fine a month ago. This, this, this is from this, this disease. Other people have died in car accidents in the normal way uh, that we die. Um, this is personal for many of us. How are you seeing this? How are you able to, like, like you know, see the numbers from a distance? So I think... Um I've seen people who have been online who said, you know, don't focus so much on the numbers because it's giving people anxiety, what you were just talking about before. Right. But I think it is good to talk about the numbers because we're still having a problem with some people not thinking that this is a real crisis or mm. that this is an emergency and they're not doing physical distancing and they're not staying sheltered in place. 
And so I think even if we don't want to make people frantic, but it needs to be real. It needs to be somebody, you know, it needs to be somebody that lives across the street so that you remember how important it is to stay inside, do the social distancing and make sure that you're doing your part to make sure that somebody's aunt or somebody's dad or somebody's niece uh, doesn't die. And your part is staying in. Your part is not, even though if you feel fine, your part is not giving it to somebody else because you don't know you have it. Uh, I want to turn right now in the next couple of minutes, Sandra. Uh, We will talk about this more next week. We'll have a whole uh, half hour on this. Um, But uh, Joe Biden has said that the convention should be canceled. It was announced today that the convention at least uh, will be uh, postponed till August, uh, the Democratic Convention. Anyway, we are having uh, voting by mail for our primary in June. What are the things that people need to do to get ready for this? So um, the primary will be coming up. It's the, the Memorial Day weekend is when it kicks off with early voting. And then June 9th is the actual primary day. Um, and what's going to be different this time is usually we tell people who aren't registered to vote, you know, go online to the Secretary of State's website. It's registered to vote nv.gov. You'll be able to register to vote, you know, make sure that you're ready to go. What's different this time, because we're doing all mail-in to make sure that we're all doing our social distancing and we're being safe, mm. is that people who are registered to vote also need to log into that website. Make sure your address is correct. Uh-huh. Make sure your status is set as active. And then on the very last uh, page of the program, look at your signature to make sure you remember how you signed on your driver's license or your voter registration form. Because the first week of May, everybody that's registered to vote and their staff is active, they'll automatically send you a ballot. You don't have to send them anything or make a phone call. It's automatically going to go to the address that's in your registration account. So people need to make sure that address is correct mm. and that your, active, your status is active. And then when you get it, it'll have all the instructions. You'll fold it up and put it in the envelope. And then you need to sign on the back. And you need to sign in the way that you signed either on your driver's license or you did on your voter registration form because they're going to need to match you up in order to be able to count your ballot. Do we need to sign like over the fold so when they open it, it splits our signature in half? Um, they weren't. We did a Zoom meeting with the Deputy, Deputy Secretary of State, Wayne Thorley, last weekend, and he wasn't sure exactly how the envelope was going to be, but he said that's the way they do it in California. Okay. And so they're looking at that right now. They're working with the, the post office because obviously this is something the post office has to get ready for right. because we're all going to get ballots. Right. Um, but he said by about April 15th, they should be able to start going on shows like yours, you know, getting out there and being on the radio and TV okay. to show us what it looks like to make sure everybody knows. Good. We will We will do that. Uh, I uh, appreciate uh, being able to talk to Sandra Cosgrove, who is the president of, League, of the League of Women Voters of Nevada. Andrea Cole is one of the parents who runs the CCSD Parent Facebook page, uh, a Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, something like that. I don't know. Um, uh, it is. It sounds like oh, gee, it's a Facebook group, but actually, it's a, a font of information. It's a very professionally run site, and we all I- appreciate it in the education community here. I'm going to let you guys go, and we are going to head to the interview. Thanks, Gary. It's April 1st, 
The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation shows that Nevada has crossed the line in the last few days. We're on an upward trajectory. We have already passed the number of sick people relative to the number of ICU beds. Hospitals are going to get busier, and with a lack of personal protective equipment, or PPE, and COVID-19 testing, healthcare workers are scared. Which is why it came as such a surprise yesterday when Clark County decided to suspend union contracts for healthcare professionals at University Medical Center. Review Journal reporter Michael Scott Davidson received internal emails from Clark County manager Yolanda King, who argued that the suspension of union contracts would allow the county to be more flexible. Michael Scott Davidson joins us now via Skype. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And uh, we're also going to welcome Brian Shepard, who is the chief of staff uh, for SEIU uh, 1107, which is the uh, local uh, SEIU that represents these workers. Uh, welcome, Brian. Glad to be here. So, Michael, let's start with you. I don't want I don't want to force you to reveal your sources, but how did you find out about this? Um, yesterday evening, the county manager um, sent out an email. Uh, to which you're referring, which I was provided a copy of by a confidential source. I would not uh, prefer not to reveal I that, would, obviously. I won't make you do that. Um, don't want to violate their trust. But earlier in the day, this had entered the news cycle when SEIU had formally announced that this was happening. And so, you know, being a reporter, I started following up, got an interview with the union, tried to get one with the county. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to, but we learned a lot more from this email that came out. Interesting. Uh, so how many healthcare professionals are affected? At UMC Hospital, the union uh, says that close to 4,000 employees are going to be affected. Uh, This includes pretty much everybody that works at the hospital, with the notable exception of doctors, but it does include nurses. It includes um, techs, such as respiratory uh, respiratory techs, uh, very important for battling a disease like COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And it also includes people working in off-site locations, which you would most likely recognize as the UMC urgent cares we see around our valley. Right. Uh, I go to those, actually. Um, Brian, um, did this come as a total surprise to you? It really did. Um, We had been in conversations with the Clark County commissioners about flexibility. A union contract allows for an employer to deal with crisis, and there's a fair process um, to deal deal with uh, issues when they come up. You know, healthcare workers, our public workers, such as Child Protective Services, they're risking their lives every day mm-hmm. to try to help in this pandemic. And then for uh, our heroes, now they contend with not only doing their job safely, but worrying about their livelihood is just unconscionable. And I want to clarify that it was the Clark County manager, not the Clark County commissioners, Correct. that made this decision that we believe is unlawful, which then moved over to UMC, which then uh, a decision of their management. So uh, that's that's interesting to me because because I did reach out to uh, Clark County. I, I reached out to their uh, public information office. I texted a couple of commissioners, and nobody would answer me. Uh, and I am I, I'm interested in whether the commissioners even knew that this was happening. What's your take on that, Brian? Uh, well, you have to talk to them about their internal <laughs> process. I know that they're having they're having conversations, and there is a meeting on Tuesday. 
uh, I just want to put it back on, you know, before the show started, I just got a text that two of our nurses had been exposed to and then uh, tested positive for the mm. coronavirus right before coming on the show. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine working a really hard, long day in the ER and then not being able to come home and kiss my children or hug the people I love. Right. And the stories we're hearing from uh, public workers at Clark County and workers at UMC, uh, it's just immoral to take away their, their safety net in this moment of crisis. So what is it that the county wants to change about the contract? Again, you would have to speak to Yolanda King, the county manager, who has not communicated with us throughout this process. Mm. Um, you know, we believe she wasn't authorized to take this action, that it would be an action that the, the county commissioners would have to vote on in a public meeting. Um, you know, you'd really have to talk to her. We've heard that it's flexibility, which our members are more than willing to roll up their sleeves, be flexible, respond to the needs of our community. Uh, we communicate that to the county commission. Um, unfortunately, the county manager has operated on her own own authority on this one. Interesting. Michael, you uh, actually saw in those emails that Yolanda King uh, talked about her reasons for this, and it, it was flexibility. Have you been able to find out any more? Um, as you mentioned in the email that was sent to county employees, the county manager said that the change was undertaken to, quote, quickly change employee schedules and take other steps to make us all safer, uh, end quote. Um, what those other steps are, I think, is what is giving, and, and Brian can confirm or, or correct me on this, but it was giving union officials a lot of pause. During my interviews last night with union officials uh, at UMC, they were saying that they feared that this might uh, allow the county to uh, alter, quote, uh, nurse-to-patient ratios, how many nurses need to be caring for oh. how many patients, or relaxing standards about face masks and other protective equipment, which we talked about a little earlier, uh -huh. the things that medical professionals use to protect them from catching the coronavirus, and more broadly, because this action not only affects UMC employees, but another 5,000 or so county employees in basically every county department, that <clears throat> they also fear that this may open up the uh, door to layoffs in the future, especially when our economy, our tourism-driven economy is taking such a hit hmm. from coronavirus, um, where the strip is shut down. Right. So uh, these other 5,000 people that are in other uh, jobs, are they actually going into work every day? Uh, from my so understanding, are... and... Uh, um, okay. Oh, sorry. Go That's ahead, okay. Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Are they actually going the into work? No, I... <laughs> uh, there, there are essential personnel that are required to work, and that ranges from everything from parks and recreation staff to child protective service workers right. uh, to people who are keeping the, the county running. Absolutely. And I would just add, imagine going into work, being told you're essential personnel, and then being told by email that you might not have health insurance if you're coming in contact with the coronavirus. No, did she really uh, say that, though? Did she really say we might take away your health insurance, or is this something that you're... Well, if, if my contract is suspended, an employer is not obligated to provide me with... I mean, that's we have an employer-based health care system in this country. And right. I, don't, I think there's so many questions that are unanswered, which, again, a union contract allows you to have a process, to be flexible, to talk about modifications to work, uh, you're working from home, uh, layoff procedures that are fair. Right. If all I'm getting is an email from my employer, uh, don't worry, we'll take care of you. 
that's not very reassuring in a time that a lot of people are worried about their health and the health of our community as a whole. Interesting. Well, you are listening to Impact on KUNV 91.5. Uh, I'm Carrie Kaufman, and we are talking right now uh, to Michael Scott Davidson, who uh, writes for the Review Journal. And uh, we are talking to Brian Shepard, who uh, works, who runs uh, SEIU uh, 1107, the local here, about the county's decision. To county uh, 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 manager Yolanda King uh, to suspend the contract of SEIU employees. Are there any other unions that are involved with the county whose contracts have been suspended? Michael, do you know anything about this? Yo, Michael. From what I have okay. heard, uh, I'm sorry. That's right. Sorry about that. Um, from what I have heard, uh, that this is extending to other union contracts covered by the county as well. I'm I'm still working to confirm that, although that is being reported by other news outlets in mm. Las Vegas. Um, and uh, the follow up today was one of my colleagues. That was actually my day off, so I'm I'm working to confirm that we may have already. But from what I understand, yes. So, uh, so then Brian's uh, worry that. That we this may mean layoffs if it's going to be even more broad, uh, kind of kind of rises to the top here. No. Well, what I can tell you is that in that email that we obtained yesterday from the county manager, uh, she cited a potential 1.1 billion loss in revenue um, mm. over the next 12 to 18 months. And at the end of that uh, email. She said that it may force the county to make some tough decisions. She didn't elaborate on that. Um, I think that is playing into the concerns that the union has, certainly. Uh, that's not something you want to hear um, from your employer after they talk about a massive loss of revenue. Um, but uh, I think that is at the forefront of everybody's minds right now. So, Brian, you held a press conference today. Uh, what are some of the steps that you can take now, uh, aside from trying to get Yolanda King to answer you, uh, what are some of the steps that you can take to get her to answer you? Well, again, we, we sent a letter uh, outlining our legal case, uh, why we believe that this was unlawful and unnecessary. So we want to try to avoid in this time of crisis, uh, we don't need a manufactured crisis when we're dealing with a, a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to do everything possible to get the county commission to order the county manager to sit down with union leaders, uh, talk about what needs to happen in the county. And again, if of course, if there's a revenue shortfall, there's always going to be discussions about a reduction in force. The question is, what is the process that that happens? If you do not have a collective bargaining agreement, then it is arbitrary. Right. If you do have a collective bargaining, uh, if I've been working and serving my community for 20, 30 plus years, I should not be the first one to be let go. Uh, that's where all the uncertainty comes in and I've got to go to work every day while I'm worried about how am I going to get my groceries? How are my kids going to, how am I providing for childcare? Um, am I going to come in contact with somebody who's sick? And the county has not necessarily done the best job making sure people do have personal protective equipment. Mm. Uh, those are all the concerns that employees are expressing to us. You know, I looked at the Clark County agenda, the Clark County Commission meeting agenda, which, as you mentioned, is uh, this Tuesday and it's every other Tuesday. Uh, this was not on the agenda. How are you going to get to them 
to get them to actually vote on this and, or actually make, make Yolanda King sit down with you? I mean, we've, we've heard from multiple sources that it's on the, um, it'll be an issue that would be discussed in closed session, not something in the general public. Oh, interesting. So how do you know what, what is said? <laughs> this, is re- this is really fascinating how government works, <laughs> well, right? We, the machinery we here. We, yeah, we, we will not know what's said until they come out of closed session. And then uh, typically closed session is when they're making personnel or confidential decisions. Uh, once those discussions happen, then we'll know what the results of that, those conversations are. I mean, we definitely are calling on the Clark County commissioners, all seven of them, mm-hmm. to stand with working people in this, this time of crisis. So the suspension, Michael, uh, is set to last how long? Is there an end date on this? So the suspension was spurred by a, an emergency declaration that Yolanda King, the county manager, um, put into place on March 15th, if I'm not mistaken. And she said that it would last as long as that emergency declaration is in place. That declaration obviously tied to the coronavirus. So I would expect that we would see this uh, last as long as you would see a state of emergency in Nevada. I would, and again, that's my speculation, but I think it's safe to say if there's a state of emergency still in Nevada, this emergency declaration of the county is still happening. And that's what this, um, at this moment, this, this suspension is contingent on. Okay, we have been talking to Brian Shepard from SEIU, which represents uh, workers at UMC Hospital and workers throughout the county who have who uh, are possibly having their uh, co- contracts suspended. Uh, Michael um, Scott Davidson uh, broke that story yesterday in the Review Journal. Thank you both for talking with us today. We're going to follow up on this. I will be watching the county commission meeting on Tuesday, and we'll see what happens. Thank you both. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, what do you know? Lockdown is my specialty. So what do you know? Lockdown is all of our specialties right now. As I said earlier in the show, if you look on the Washington Post map, and I'm going to have that link on uh, Facebook slash Nevada Voice, if you uh, look on that map and you look at the uh, number of cases per percent of the population, you can see very clearly that the the states that are making people shelter in place, like Nevada, like Illinois, uh, have fewer fewer cases per population than places like Louisiana. Uh, We all know know that New Orleans exploded with this coronavirus after they had their big old Mardi Gras party, uh, and places like Washington, D.C. and New York. Uh, But as we are inside, uh, I found something today that that some of you will love and some of you will retch at. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is streaming his musicals for free. There will be one show a week, and it'll be available for 48 hours on Shows Must Go On at uh, on the What's On Stage YouTube channel. What's On Stage is a British uh, stage theater website. The first show, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, will be available April 3rd. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. British Standard Time, which, as we all know from our handy-dandy world clocks, is eight hours ahead of Las Vegas. So calculating that would be 11 a.m. our time but they are available for 48 hours the show next week is jesus christ superstar 
Fear not if you gagged a little or a lot at the mention of Sir Andrew. What's on stage also has other shows streaming, including One Man, Two Governors with James Corden. It's a very good play. James Corden is a very funny man. So Google what's on stage and you can get the full list. Another episode of Impact has come and gone. Impact is a special production with KUNV, CCSD parents, and no racism in schools. Thanks to Sandra Cosgrove, Andrea Cole, Michael Scott Davidson, and the Review Journal of the Review Journal, and Brian Shepard from SEIU. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about how arts can save the world. I'm actually serious here. We're going to talk about how arts can save the world. The music you have been listening to is Foster the People's Life on a Nickel and Vampire Weekend's Oscar, uh, uh, Oxford Comma. Special thanks to Christian, Bella, Lola Emery, and Quinn Robertson for sharing some of their fun family dynamic with us. We're going to be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. for our regular Friday arts broadcast. The podcasts are up and running. You can get them on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And I post them every morning, well, sometimes afternoon, on Facebook slash Nevada Voice and Facebook slash groups slash CCSD Parents. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Thank you for listening to Impact. Your evening.